A power-hungry Karen tries to exert her will on me at work, but it ends up backfiring and she loses her job. All because of my malicious compliance. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. I once had a project manager named Shirley and a co-worker named Alex. I was a computer programmer. Every morning, we, along with half a dozen other people, had a five-minute long meeting to discuss our progress and give people a chance to ask each other stuff. The boss was away on a two-week vacation and while he was away, the meetings were slightly more important so we could coordinate ourselves without him to do it. Right before the meeting, I had come to a roadblock because I could remember what something in the programming was called. I just needed an actual word and I could continue, and I knew that Alex would know it. At the meeting, Alex did his thing. A few other people talked, then it was my turn. I explained what I had done yesterday and what I was working on and said, Hey Alex, do you remember? At this point, Shirley interrupted me and threw a screaming fit at me. How dare I try to have a discussion with someone without her? I pointed out that she was standing right there and she demanded to know how dare I talk to someone without it being a scheduled meeting in the conference room in her presence. I pointed out that this was a scheduled meeting. We were in the conference room and we were there in her presence. How dare I presume to ask anyone anything without notifying her in advance that I would be doing something? So I tried to explain that it was only a very brief question and she flipped out that how dare I try and talk back to her like this. So having gotten an idea, I asked when we could have this meeting. She said 3 p.m. I knew that she had nothing to do before then. She just wanted to have something she could feel smug about. It was 9.34 a.m. at the time. She ordered that I was not to discuss it with anyone before the meeting and I was not to proceed on the task without it or I'd just be proving that it actually wasn't important and I was wasting anyone's time. The meeting ended and we left. Alex worked about 10 feet away from me, so I could have just walked over and asked him, but I didn't. He sent me an instant message to know if I wanted to ask him whatever while she couldn't hear and I replied that no, she wanted to be rude about it so she could reap the rewards of her actions. Alex and I had lunch every day, but I declined to talk about it. He knew I was up to something. At 3 p.m., he and I went into the conference room. 10 minutes later, she swanned in, closed the door, sat down, opened her notebook, uncapped her pen, wrote down the date and time and who was there and told me that I was now authorized to proceed. I said, hey Alex, do you remember last week when we did that thing? You used a thingy that did that thing. What was it called? He told me what it was called and I said, great, thanks. And he and I both turned to leave. It had taken all of about 20 seconds. Shirley flew into a rage. She said, you deliberately take a mockery of me. Apparently, I did this by scheduling a meeting for something that would have taken 20 seconds. As I left the room, I said, Surely, I warned you that this was only a one-minute exchange, but you insisted on a meeting. She didn't speak to me for the rest of the day. I made sure my time she reflected that I spent 9.35 to 3 p.m. doing nothing slash waiting for Shirley. A day or two later, she flew into a rage at me again, and the entire staff was so enraged. They told me they were quitting and asked me to join them. I asked them, to wait a couple of days, called my boss and told him, and on the next business day, I found that he had returned early from his vacation and fired her. Oh, and a random factoid. Over a year later, Alex and I both moved to another company. We both went to the same one. When we arrived, we found that Shirley was already there. We both went to the boss and told him that under no circumstances were either of us ever willing to have a meeting with her without him. He told us that she was already not in good favor, but he'd make sure to 
to not allow it to happen. Actually, he went to the CEO and told him that under no circumstances would anyone from the whole department meet with her ever. I saw her power walk around the corner to meet with someone down the hall, see me turn around and power walk back the other direction. She walked a long way around the office to come out on the other end of the hallway so that she could go into her meeting without passing me. She took the long way every day for a few weeks. Then came the day that she threw a screaming fit that could be heard across the office, stormed out, and was never seen again. The secretary, knowing I had worked with her before, asked me if I knew what her home address was so that he could mail her things from her office, which she didn't bother to take to her home. I didn't know it, and I suggested he ask HR. He couldn't be bothered. I think she had pissed him off too. And a year later, all of her stuff was still in a box, ready to be sent to her. I think they got thrown out eventually. So was I the jerk for acting the way that I did that ultimately ended up playing a role in the reason why Shirley lost her job? The best part about this is that the OP stayed so true to the plan that he didn't even tell his friend Alex what he was going to tell him in this scheduled meeting. That is some true malicious compliance. (laughs) He followed Shirley's orders so perfectly that it pissed her off. And she felt like he was deliberately making a mockery of her. At the new job, I wish we did know what was the final straw that set her off, but it sounds like she's prone to exploding like that in general because even before that final moment, the new boss told them that she was already not on good terms with a lot of people. So I guess in the end, it could have been anything. But let me know what you would have done if you were in this situation and have you ever been maliciously compliant? Let me know down below, jerk or not a jerk, and why. My boss did me dirty and tried to extort me. So in exchange, I used malicious compliance to start a dumpster fire in the workplace. Here's how it happened. This happened almost five years ago. Some details are intentionally vague. This will be a longer one, but I promise you it will be worth it at the end. I was working in an organization that was super toxic, so much so that we were a revolving door. Most employees stayed only for a few months. To counter this, our management put a three-month notice into everyone's contract, including the existing employees. It's not strictly illegal where this happened, but very unusual. I believe the idea behind that was to make it harder for the employees to find a job outside, as potential employers usually didn't want to wait for three months. However, this didn't work as most people simply quit and waited for a month or two before starting their job hunt. I was there for almost four years. I needed the money, so I put up with whatever abuse was thrown at me. My boss was a guy we'll call Vince. Now, Vince was not particularly good, but sometimes respected the fact that I was the most tenured grunt in this organization. Do know that after about two years, I was doing a lot of additional work in addition to my official responsibilities, primarily because I was the only one who knew how to do those. Everyone else had already left. This will be important later. Enter Rajesh. Rajesh was poached from a somewhat infamous company and was literally flown in from a different continent. He was brought in to, quote, strategically improve our division. This was quite strange given that our division generated the most profits. Within months, Rajesh made the environment even more toxic. He pulled Vince's team under him and got Vince fired and he actively encouraged us grunts to spy on each other. Rajesh also had it out for me from day one until today. I don't know why. He started making my life much harder than the others. This culminated in him taking me aside and telling me that I was not pulling my weight. Now at this point, I was doing quite well in the organization. Plus, I had been doing a lot of additional work critical to our business since only I knew certain systems and processes, hence the high attrition. So I was quite angry. I started looking out. I wasn't still brave enough to quit and start looking. Fortunately, 
unfortunately, I was able to find a job that was willing to wait the three months. So now it was my turn to take Rajesh aside and tell him that I quit. First, when I pulled him aside, he said, <laughs> Is it time already for you to run my day? Boy, Rajesh was pissed. He went from denial, Just when I thought you couldn't get any stupider, you can't quit, to, What if I give you a raise at the year end? Before acceptance. Thus, I was serving my notice and working away like an honest bee. My usual work plus the additional work. At this point, I was called in by HR and told that Rajesh wanted me gone. The insane part was that they wanted me to pay the company for the 2.5 months shortfall in notice. I obviously refused, then went back and checked the contract. Turns out that a notice of less than three months could only happen through mutual consent in the initiating party, the company if they wanted me gone sooner, or me if I wanted to leave earlier. Had to compensate the other party for the shortfall. The next day, I stopped doing almost all of my work. I logged in and logged out my hours and I did nothing. I stopped doing any additional work I had been doing. I started taking it really, really slow on my primary job responsibilities. Since no one else understood the details of what I did, I knew this would be very hard for Rajesh or HR to prove that I was doing any of this on purpose. Then I sat back with my popcorn. Soon, there was a complete meltdown all around. Rajesh would pull me into meetings and scream and try to bully me, and I would say nothing but smirk to his face. Next, they tried to have someone else learn the additional work I used to do from me so that they could do what I did. Remember when I said earlier how I was the only one who knew some of the old systems and processes? Well, now I claimed I didn't really remember any of them, so obviously there could be no handover. Rajesh could do nothing, as none of this had been my responsibility or part of my contract since the leadership had been only too happy to see me do this for free. Soon my workplace turned into a dumpster fire. HR slash Rajesh smartened up and offered to buy out of my notice if I cooperated and helped transition my work. I refused. Then, to twist the knife further, I started having meetings with fellow grunts. Remember, everyone was always a newbie and encouraging them to leave as well. Indirectly, nothing that could implicate me. HR tried to get me to leave twice, but I ended up serving the full three months. Remember the mutual consent part? So basically, because my boss tried to extort me, I started a dumpster fire. Since a lot of people asked, the company is still around. They started outsourcing a lot of work to Asia, specifically the country that Rajesh was originally from, where I believe the labor laws are much less stringent and employees are much more willing to put up with a toxic work environment. Rajesh is also doing very well for himself. He has now moved to yet another country, one that a lot of you may be from and is with an employer that employs a ton of people. I suspect many of you have or will come in contact directly or indirectly with him. My condolences. So was I the jerk for my malicious compliance? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. It's always sad when an employee has worked at a place for quite a long time, in this case four years, and the company doesn't seem to care at all. Some of the time, I think it's because the person that is managing them wasn't there when that employee started, but still, all that experience on pretty much any job is going to be valuable. In this case, it happened to be particularly valuable because no one else knew how to operate these systems. That is also something that seems to be pretty common that is weird. If the company vitally relies on these certain processes, how is is nobody else learning these things, or at least if they're transitioning away from them, complete the transition before you just totally forget about it. I can't believe that they wanted the OP to pay the company for the two and a half months shortfall in the notice. Honestly, this guy sounds like he wasn't treated very fairly at all. Over a long period of time, and when they realized that he had them in a bind, they wanted to undo their mistakes and buy him out, but he didn't want to do that. But what would you do if you're in this situation? Would you use the malicious compliance or would you handle this some other way? Let me know down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. I just found out that my wife was married as a joke in Las Vegas in 1997. I need some help on where to go from here. My wife and I are about to celebrate our 15th anniversary in a few weeks. Long ago when we first got together, she told me that she married one of her gay guy co-workers in Las Vegas as a joke when she was a teenager. Honestly, I thought she was full of it and that it probably wasn't a legal thing anyway. Well, now I read another post on legal advice about a guy who might have gotten married to a stranger in Las Vegas. Someone on his post added a link to the Clark County marriage record search. I put her name in and holy smokes, if a certificate didn't pop up, she is sitting next to me ready to puke. She didn't think that it was a legal marriage either. So what do 
we do now? She didn't really even know this guy that she married, has no idea what happened to him. She is frantically searching Google and Facebook, but no luck in finding him. So I guess our marriage is invalid? We have two kids. What does this mean? Were they adopted fraudulently because our marriage certificate is invalid? I will get an attorney tomorrow, but I would like to know what to expect. Question number one, what if we can't find this guy? Number two, what if we do find this guy? Number three, how much trouble are we in for filing our taxes together, getting our names changed, adopting our kids under the pretense that we were married? Question number four, best case scenario, quickie paper divorce, right? And then what, do we have to get remarried? To clarify, we live in Arizona and this marriage happened in 1997 in Las Vegas. A little less than a month later, there was an update. Well, we just finished our initial meeting with the attorney. We all agree that we are going to try to get an annulment. The guy has such a common name that it's going to be close to impossible to find him. They will do a search followed by a publication. Then the petition for the annulment will be filed. Annulment is the best case scenario because it will be like it never happened and we can go about our lives. The attorney thinks she has a good chance of it being approved since they never lived together, filed taxes together, or even consummated the marriage. The tricky thing is, is if the judge doesn't approve the annulment because of our marriage, adoption of our kids, tax filings, etc., we might be in for a world of trouble if she has to file for divorce. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. I'll update when it's all over. Fast forwarding seven months into the future, there's a final update. The court date for the annulment was today and the judge granted it. That means it's like it never happened and we can go on with our lives. It would have been a nightmare if he had not granted it because our marriage wouldn't have been legal and it would have major implications on the adoption of our kids and even the filing of our taxes. As for the original wedding, we managed to track down one of the witnesses to the marriage. He was able to tell us that Elvis married them. Who doesn't remember that Elvis married them? And also that it was a double wedding. My wife and her girlfriend each married one of the couple of gay guy friends. They never imagined 22 years ago that gay marriage would ever be legal and so marriage was like a joke to them. Why they did it, I have no idea. But the other two are still married and don't seem to care since they are still friends. So if you were in this situation, what would you do? So is he saying that his wife doesn't remember that Elvis married them? She doesn't remember that it was legal? Don't you have to sign papers if you're going to get married that actually look like official legal documents? It sounds like the wife was just on a party bender or something if she can't remember any of that stuff. Even if it was 22 years ago, you got to remember if you legally got married or not. Unless the chapel itself was deceiving them somehow and presenting the documents in some other way that wouldn't be obviously clear as to what they were. I do wonder though if they're going to celebrate their 15 year anniversary or are they going to reset the clock and say, well, technically we've been married for a year when it ends up being one year after this whole thing went down. Either way, it seems like a pretty crazy thing to forget the details of, but if you found out that the person you were married to for 15 years was also married to somebody else before you and made your whole marriage invalid, what would you do? Let me know down below. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories in this series, use the playlist at the top of the description. And next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search for cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you use for copyright free music to use for your stream. It's free cream of the stream. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you guys next time.